Welcome to Health System CIO's interview with Jeff Sturman, CIO at Memorial Healthcare System. In this segment, Sturman talks about what he would have done differently if the organization was rolling out Epic today, the daunting task his team faces in moving to a consolidated data warehouse, and how they're transitioning from a reactive to a proactive approach to protecting patient data. The following Health System CIO podcast is brought to you by LK a nationwide leader in healthcare connectivity. Decommission your legacy systems with LK Archive. All systems, all data, one consolidated solution. Retain 100% of your legacy data at 20% of the cost with LK Archive. For more information, visit lk.com. That's E-L-L-K-A-Y dot com. Thank you so much for taking some time today to speak with Health System CIO. My pleasure. So to start, get a high-level overview of Memorial Healthcare System, you know, what you have in terms of hospitals, physician groups, things like that, and of course, where you're located. Okay. So Memorial Healthcare System, also actually known as the South Broward Hospital District, is located in South Florida and primarily in South Broward District. We're headquartered in Hollywood, Florida. We are six hospitals, with our biggest hospital being in Hollywood and kind of going across the South Broward district uh, west, so we really span the entire district and have a nice footprint here. Our six hospitals are Memorial Regional Hospital, the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, which share a campus on the east side of town, and then moving west, we have Memorial Hospital Pembroke, Memorial Hospital Miramar, Memorial Hospital West, and Memorial Regional Hospital South. Total uh, about 1,800 beds, I want to say we're about 2,000 physicians, our medical staff. Uh, we have about 300 employed physicians, mostly specialists. Okay. We have a primary care division, a cancer center, and a number of other ancillary facilities. Okay. And you have the uh, Memorial Physicians Group as well? So the Memorial Physicians Group is our employed group, um, and that's about the 300 number I just mentioned, yeah. Okay. So. In terms of being governed by South Broward Hospital District, what exactly does that mean um, for you from your perspective? Our, our board is appointed by the governor of the state. So we are a chapter of the state and a quasi-government facility. We have all the politics that go along with that, but we are managed fairly independently, and historically we've had a terrific bottom line. Okay. And being located where you are, do you see a lot of seasonal volume uh, fluctuations? We do. Uh, so we're in high season right now. Outpatient volumes are, are up, whereas inpatient volumes, probably not just here in South Florida, but nationally are a little bit lower. And that's probably a, due to a, a lot of different changes relative to reimbursement right. and population health and, and moving in that direction. Uh, but we do see a lot of seasonal variations. We love our snowbirds. So this is the high season for us. Does that present challenges in terms of staffing, or is that something that really you can anticipate at this point? We do. I think this is years in the making, so we anticipate it quite well. And our, our staffing levels are fairly consistent throughout the year, so we don't modify tremendously because of that fluctuation. Right. Okay. So now in terms of uh, clinical application environment, you have EPIC in the hospitals. Is that live in all six hospitals? Yeah, so we've been live on Epic since 2010 is really when we started the implementation. 
Uh, we are live enterprise-wide, so we're an enterprise client of Epic. Clinical, revenue cycle, physician practices, home health, oncology. We kind of have just about everything relative to Epic at this point. The final component of Epic that we're doing right now is the Beaker Anatomic Pathology, which goes live here shortly. But we are live on Beaker already in other, in other lab components. So really enterprise-wide deployed from Cupid to Radiant to comprehensively inpatient clinicals. Okay. And what about the employed physicians? The employed physicians are also using Epic. In fact, they were the first group to go live on Epic uh, back in 2010, and then there was a rollout to the hospitals. So they've been well-versed and and are very active and and great users of the Epic system. Okay. I I would think the thinking there, part of it, is being able to do it in, in the practice environment as opposed to a large hospital funny because I think back in 2010 and before, a lot of organizations were doing these phased implementations, these phased rollouts of our EHRs. And that's what a lot of the vendors were recommending. And certainly in the last eight, nine years, that's changed, um, as we all know. And, and more places are doing big bang rollouts and getting live with physician practices and hospitals all at the same time. That's not how we did it. We did a slow burn, relatively speaking, maybe not as slow as some other organizations, but it, it worked out well for us. If I were to do it today, I probably would do it differently. We did go live right after our physician practices at our Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital and and then Memorial Regional, which is our biggest facility, and Mm -hmm. I probably would have done that differently too today. Right. What do you think you would have uh, specifically tried to do differently? I probably, if I would have had my choice, I probably would have gone to one of our smaller facilities first if I had decided to do a phased rollout. But if I were to do it all over, I would have gone even quicker. I would have torn that Band-Aid off and gotten everyone live even faster. Right. You certainly hear different cases being made for which way is the best way, but it really depends on your organization and depends on, well, really your whole implementation strategy, I guess. Yeah, at the time we did it, we had a burning platform on the revenue cycle side and the physician practice side. We had inpatient clinicals with another vendor. It was working. It wasn't what I would tell you was working well, and our doctors were yelling, and that's why we actually accelerated our timeline to get live on the inpatient side with clinicals, but that wasn't the burning platform initially and the reason we chose Epic. Okay. So looking at right now and the near future, what are some of the really significant uh, initiatives on your plate? So a, a few. We have a fairly disparate platform or platforms around business intelligence and data analytics and how we're actually managing just overall analysis of data. And so one of the areas is In fact, I think I have three, maybe what I would call maybe four even data warehouses to some degree. And so to consolidate and to put a program in place around business intelligence and and our whole database platform is something that's very near and dear to all of us strategically. So we're trying to figure out next steps there. And if we can standardize and get everything in, for example, Epic Caboodle, the data warehouse within the Epic uh, environment, that is a direction we're going. But there's lots of work there, both technically and more from a process and workflow standpoint that we're trying to address. Right. And then that kind of ties into our population health strategy. So the business intelligence, the population health components to that, and how we're really working towards delivering care in a much more proactive way 
and the tools and technology to support that. And then on the technical side, we have historically had a tremendous data center here. We have great capabilities, very knowledgeable resources, but the shift to more cloud-based technology, moving away from a very big infrastructure, if you will, something that we're looking at so strategically where we go there, we're in the infancy of that, but it's something that we're spending a, a lot of time talking about and, and thinking about how we need to move. And I guess I would round it out. The fourth thing that I spend a lot of time with today, um, among many others, but is security. And um, okay. we have a really comprehensive security program around HIPAA. And for unfortunate reasons, years ago now, we had a breach And um, as a result, we have become quite reactive in how we respond. But now that program has taken a life of its own. And I work very closely with the OCR uh, because we are under a provision and weekly have various meetings with both internal resources and, and external to really affect our security program. Right. And I know that that's something that you don't really want to get into details about your cybersecurity strategy, but um, do you have a CISO at this point? I do. And my CISO has been here for a very long time. He was actually our previous CTO, so he has a long history. He's extraordinarily talented and knows this space very well. So we have a CISO, and I'm not going to give you the right number, but upwards of about 10 FTEs, resources just dedicated to analysis, investigations, and putting in mm-hmm. the tools and technology that we run our security program around. Right. And we actually outsource quite a bit to a couple vendors, uh, which I'm looking to bring back in-house. Okay. So would you say that the organization has, has been working on that shift to becoming more proactive? I would think that that really takes a lot of change management to kind of change that mindset. It does. And I'm fortunate because I've only been back at Memorial now for just about six months. And so I've seen what I know from my past here and where we are today are vastly different. Like I said earlier, I think we were a very reactive environment until certain things happened. And now I do think we have a certain level of proactive behavior and the ability to not just monitor, but really address issues before they ever become issues. I'm really proud of the team and what they've done thus far. This is an evolving area, and we're learning with many others, but I I think the sophistication and the tools that we've put in place and the processes that we've put in place are among the best I've seen. Great. Okay. And in terms of uh, one of the first priorities you mentioned, talking about the platforms for, for analytics and the different data warehouses that exist right now, Is this something that's more of a near-term priority, or how would you describe that at this point? I would say this has been something that's been on on the radar for Memorial for a very long time. Um, It's been a challenge. It's even so far as a challenge to say that the way in which our six hospitals have operated over many years now Mm -hmm. has been hard for us to standardize, not to mention standardizing more towards market trends and, and overall healthcare. Yeah. So it's not a short-term thing. This is going to be a very, very long-term plan that we need to put in place. Um, we're just really starting to think about how we do standardize and how we do put a plan in place so that we get to a single platform if that's possible. And from an end-user standpoint, what I want a vision standpoint is that they don't know that they may be going to several different sources in the healthcare system to get to the data and the reporting that they ultimately need to manage their operations 
but that they all go to a single single splash page, if you will, and we all, whoever the reporting functions are, and there are some shadow functions that do this today at Memorial, that we all really work together and triage the reporting requirements as needed. And, and that's a, a game changer, I think, for the way in which uh, historically this uh, organization has worked. We've We've had people uh, be creating reports and do analysis of different things, and whoever gets to it first is kind of the winner. And then right. sometimes sometimes whoever gets to it doesn't know another group's also working on the same requirements, and ultimately the data may be different, and that's, a, that's obviously a problem. But as you alluded to, this isn't something that uh, gets resolved or solved overnight. This will likely be years in the making. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.